You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. Hey guys, so this is the part of the episode where we usually, you know, the three of us get together and we talk about celebrity relationships and who's in the news and who's doing what with whom. But the three of us felt that because there's so much heavy stuff going on in the world today, I mean, every time you turn on the TV, the Supreme Court's coming down with another ruling and it's affecting everybody on a day-to-day basis and especially the Roe versus Wade stuff that's happening right now. We want to address that. I, especially as a man on a show with two women, want to address that. And because I think that it would be a good thing to have all the points of view, Uh, not that uh, mine's any different than yours, I'm sure. Um, But we want to have an educated conversation about it and not just kind of off the top of our heads. And it's not something we prepared for today, but I want to let you know that we will be getting back to it. And I'm sure we'll be talking about All the bullshit that this supreme, quote unquote, court is dealing. I mean, they just gave us another fucking horrible decision today, you know, about our climate and what emissions are allowed to be, you know, regulated and not. So there's just so much coming down that we just the three of us thought that it'd be great to take the time and have a different conversation about that today. We are going to kind of put this on a more lighter note and uh, go with our previously scheduled outlined episode for today and talk about relationship myths. It's something that we had all talked to. Everybody's heard about it. Everybody says, well, this means this, and this means this. And if your boyfriend's doing this, or your girlfriend's doing this, then that must mean they like somebody else. We got a list. Jen found a fantastic list of seven myths that are in relationships, and we're going to discuss that today. So hello, ladies. How are you? Hello. How was your week other than that? Other than all that, it's uh, been a real treat, but I'm excited to talk about this topic. Um, These seven myths are addressed by Esther Perel, who is like literally sent from relationship heaven to educate us all, like bow down to that gal. Uh, And let's actually try and control something in our lives while we still can. And that's hopefully healthy relationships because these other folks making these decisions are really trying to screw them up for us. And Jen, that's a great point that you just like, let's try to take control over some things in our life. Like, I think a lot of these myths could really be dispelled if you just sort of like took ownership of like your feelings and what you want or what you're thinking, how you're feeling, how the other person's making you feel and like, kind of own it. And, you know, and if even if something turns out bad, like take responsibility for your part in it and like kind of helps dispel like get rid of these crazy, like what if this and this insecure thoughts that like all take us down this crazy rabbit hole of like relationships myths that now have perpetuated for years and years and years. And now it's just like a thing, like, like the first myth people in relationships don't flirt. Like Mm. that's like, could you imagine if your girlfriend called you and was like, my, my husband was like, we were at this party and he, we were all super drunk. And then like, I was like laughing hysterically with Maria over there. And then I look over and like Bob's totally flirty with Michelle and blah, blah. And like, if that you would just stop in your tracks, wait, I'm sorry. He's flirting with somebody. Like what's the gray area here, guys? Like, would you just flip your lid if your significant other was flirting? Like I mean, that, I like, think I think Jen and I both have kind of the same point of views when it comes to this kind of stuff with our trust issues and whatnot. But this Perel, is it Perel? Is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah, Esther Perel. Esther Perel. All the it's always an Esther that's smart, right? Yeah, Esther right. Hicks. Yeah. So my grandfather's name was Esther, which is weird. Anyway, this <laughs> Esther Perel <laughs> It is weird. I know. 
Um, but she says that flirting isn't a sign of discontent at all. There is very little to do with flirting that is about you being unhappy with a relationship. That is a construct. Yeah, I don't. I guess maybe it's not as. Here's the thing: it's not about I think the act. That, make, that makes so much sense. Sorry, Rob, but it just does to me. Right, but I'm. But what I, it makes sense. But at the same time, like I think there's something. The flirting itself, yeah, maybe. But I think it has to do with like what's underneath the flirting, to me. Right. So it's like, what what are you looking for out of the flirting? Do you need validation from the entire room? Do you need validation from the person whose lap you're sitting on, or or whose knee you're smacking, or touching, or yeah. you know whatever it is? Like, do you need them to make you feel pretty? And if so, am I not making you feel pretty enough? Like, what do you? Or is it to make somebody jealous? Like maybe the, but maybe if the intention is like trying to make somebody jealous as well. So validation or try and gauge somebody's temperature. That's another great, great perspective. And then their third perspective, I think, is that if you are just super insecure and you just are unhappy and insecure and feeling bad and like somebody does something that's harmless that you're taking way too seriously or wrong or way too heavy or whatever, because their intent is not, their intent is just maybe they're super social when they're like kind of flirting, but they're totally in love with you and they don't, it means nothing, but to you're right. super insecure from some past relationship or some other trauma wound that you have that has nothing to do with your current relationship. What do you consider, Lauren? I think maybe you have a different understanding. Let's go through the three of us and talk about what we would consider flirting because because like I people probably would consider me a flirt because I talk to everybody in the room whether you're female or male and I pay attention and I listen and I laugh do you know what that I mean would not, that would not make but me let's go let's go through the room learn what do you what would be considered flirting I think to it's you? a little extra um more than talking and laughing and being very social and engaged that to me would only make me worried if I like Esther Perel says was unhappy in the relationship or feeling some insecure, then it's like you could do anything and I would be insecure, but I would take it to the next step before you're getting physical with somebody. So the land in between laughing and being very engaged in a conversation, I would say um, more close contact, like bodies closer together, touching, making, and more than just a touch on the arm. I'm talking like touching of a leg while you're talking to somebody for more than a couple of minutes. So you're like crossing into the boundary of physicality. That would be flirting to me. And then okay. of course, like with layered with what you said, laughing and like, you know, just body language, getting close to somebody and like, <laughs> it's, it's expanding, but like, yeah. but you're okay with, if James was flirting and getting physical with somebody else, no, like you're, I'm not saying, okay, well, it, because you're saying this is what flirting yeah. is and you're okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I see what you're saying. I think that it mm. actually – you're drawing me back to a situation <laughs> where it happened. And it's okay. actually – this is actually a weird social experiment, if you will. And it was accidentally. I threw James a massive 40th birthday party. Jen, you weren't there to see this. I was out um, of town, sadly. Anyway, he – we were – together for like a year at this point, but our relationship was moving kind of slowly even within that. So we hadn't even at that point, like he told me that night that he loved me for the first time. Okay. Ooh, after the party or before the party? At the party. At the party. I basically bought. I basically bought his love. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. So what happened was there was a girl there at the party that is like such good friends with him. She is a doula. She helped like deliver his... First, first daughter, daughter. like she was yeah i mean it's like there was no i've known her forever there's no weirdness she was very intoxicated he was also very drunk it's his 40th birthday and she was sort of hanging on him talking to him and like kind of like had her arm around his like neck sort of like shoulder kind of hanging on him and she was very close to him to his face but i looked over and saw it and noticed it because i was like that's not like a normal friendship conversation, but it's this person and it is what it is. And I kind of ignored it. I was just like, it's whatever. Like I wasn't, it didn't make me initially feel weird. What made me feel weird was a couple of friends came up to me and was like, what's going on with that over there? And that at that point I started to be like, well, should I be annoyed? But I'm like, not, I don't feel annoyed in my gut. That wasn't my initial reaction when I looked over there. And 
I just then I started to feel like what made me annoyed about it was is that it was it was like looking bad, not like I was afraid of my image. It just was not like a cute look for him or her. And then it was making other people weird. So I was like, it was, it wasn't like, respectful. It wasn't respectful. Yeah. You were and disrespected. So, what, but I didn't feel well, it's like because if people respect. don't have context, they're going to yeah. attribute their own yeah. beliefs to what they see because what they right. know that usually means, but yes. you had context because you knew who the girl was and their dynamic. Right. But still it was, yeah. I mean, I guess it didn't initially make me feel weird, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, but would that make me feel weird now? Like, I don't know. And I'm not like insecure or anything in our relationship. I just, it is actually kind of hard. I feel like I'm being hypocritical on this one. Cause I can't really say I, if you're being Rob and you're flirting, like what you're saying, Rob, that would not bother me. No. And I will weigh in on this yes. as well. Yes. Jen. I think Rob, what you are, and I've seen is a, just a social fun guy and you're nice and bubbly and you thrive in that environment. So I wouldn't think that was flirting at all. I think the physicality, but also if somebody goes out of their way to compliment somebody or to talk about them directly and about them and mm-hmm. you know puff them up in some way or give them something that's personal, like a compliment in that regard versus just like shooting the shit and talking about whatever, or like catching up, that's more high level and social. But when you start to like really zone in on somebody and get more personal in that way, I think that's flirting because you're so like, if I, so I I just have this, I have this like habit of every time I, I notice things and then I say them like my brain doesn't, there's no filter between. I, I, yeah, I have like social Tourette's, right? Is that what you said? Okay. So yeah, social Tourette's in the sense of like, like if you walk in and I, I'll be the first person, Cedric makes fun of me all the time because I'll be like, do you get a haircut? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did actually. And I'm like, okay, I noticed that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't say the, I noticed that part out loud, but somebody walks in the room and I've, I guess I've gotten in trouble with this with people already, but like somebody walks in the room and they look good and they're a girl. I'll be like, you look really pretty right now. Like you, you look very nice. Like, have you, what have you done with your hair? Your dress looks nice. Your makeup looks, you know, like that kind of stuff. But, but you like, want to be like, did you gain weight? No, <laughs> no, of course not. I have that. I have that kind of social adjustment, but like that not. Filter is there. <laughs> yeah, that filters there, but not for me because I because I'm just giving you a compliment, you know. Yeah. So like, would that be considered? If would you say I was flirting with that person if they walked in? I was like, you look really nice tonight. No. Jen. But I think that's knowing you and knowing that that you do that categorically. It's not like well, directed at did. any one person. Right, right, right. But say it's but not knowing you, me, but not knowing me. You did that and then continued to talk to that person all night long and kind of close quarters and were touchy and laughy and like engaged. And it was like, then I would, yes, but just the act of complimenting somebody and saying they look pretty, I would not be, no, that's. Okay. So that's, Jen, back to your thing about you think it's more physicality also. Or you say, you say it's compliments. You're just like, is it, oh, what if it's this? Is flirting any one of the love languages that you give to somebody else? Yes. Me, no. Well, what are you talking about? Compliments is something that I just, that you just said. That's one of the love languages. Well, no, uh, words of affirmation, but that's well, yeah, just, but that's how, the well, same I thing. I get, no, it's affirming how you feel about somebody. It so I guess compliments. I think compliments are nice in general, but if you're like weighing in on one person and you're just spending time with that person and complimenting them because you want them to feel like some sort of affection towards you, right? yours seem to be doled out like confetti. In this case, (laughs) it's much more concentrated because you're laser focusing on one person. Like I don't think flirting with everybody is a bad thing. That's just like a personality quirk. I think flirting with any one particular person and laser focusing on them is a sign of malintent. Okay. Okay. I like it. All right, guys, what about number two? Honesty is the best policy. It's a myth. It's a myth. It doesn't necessarily, I had a, a therapist tell me one time, like, why do you feel bad about that? This it was what it was, was unimportant, but why do you feel bad about that? Um, why does that make you feel guilty? And I said, because I feel like I have to tell him my boyfriend at the time. And and she was like, it was something personal about me. And she was like, why there you're allowed to have things that just belong to you. It doesn't need to be 
something that you have, you don't have to share that piece of information with him. And it would make more sense if I could get more into what it was, but it, it kind of like switched. I life. 100% agree with that. But, but so, I think it's, I think it's circumstantial, right? Yeah. So like I have um, friends that are going through a breakup right now and they're still very much in each other's lives. And um, you know, one of them, you know, when you like, you know, when you have like a fingernail, like it, it's like, it hurts and you push on it just because you're like, Oh, like, it just you, do you guys ever do that you ever have yeah. something that hurts and you kind of like push on it a little bit more just to see like the feel the pain for a minute yeah i know oh, you're a masochist about. but okay okay well lauren gets it two out of three of us i, I do don't it. i so, don't i don't actively seek it out but i know what you're talking about is what I'm yes saying. okay so it's it's yes yeah, it's, it's a form of masochism i guess but like but you know like it's everybody does it in a way of like your ex you go on their instagram and to see if you see them doing anything or like Jen, you would go searching on your ex's phones to see if you found anything, right? It's kind of a, that's a form of masochism. You're looking for something that could hurt you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that with like, so within this situation, the one partner asks the other one as they're broken up, but still close, like, have you slept with anybody? Mm. And yeah. you know, the other partner was like, yeah, you know, and it's like, why would you say that? I know, but you know, we're not like, in a relationship anymore. Yeah, but the point is, is that like honesty isn't always the best policy. Like you need to sometimes you right. need to protect the other person's feelings in the and moment. At that point, you're actually a great point because at that point you're not in a relationship, so that's something you could protect them from within reason. Now, if you're in a relationship, this honesty is the best policy doesn't apply to that. Like, of but it's the same not, thing. It's the same thing of like if I asked a girlfriend if she's ever had you know, one of the other holes sex, you oh know, God, you always bring up holes. Why but, can't you just say anal? Because I don't know. It's weird, but all right. So, you know, I you asked a girl, I am on a podcast with two people who can't say like the see you next Tuesday word. I'm, I, don't I can say problems. it now. I can say it. I can say cunt. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Uh, but now you can't say anal, but you can say, well, cunt. I just didn't want to, I don't know who's listening. Listen, well, I just, <laughs> people all right. Who- about well, any, we can just go anyway anyway so i asked a girlfriend in the past yeah jesus i asked a girlfriend in the past if she had had that kind of sex before <laughs> and she she said and she straight up told me yes and i was devastated because although Why? i although because although i imagine like not imagine but although i had Bob? figured that probably everybody has done or tried that at some point as an adult like I don't want to picture that and I don't want it to be confirmed, you know? So then you start asking with who, but you've been on the other side of anal. Why is it a problem? Not a problem for you to be doing it, but she's what? I get what you're saying. It's you didn't really even need to know the answer because now you, the, the answer only makes it more uncomfortable for you. So ultimately you were being, wasn't in the best policy there. because. And my therapist, like you're saying, Lauren, my therapist was like, why would you, we had couples therapy after, not after yeah. that, but after a bunch of stuff. And she was like, why would you tell him that? And she was like, because he asked. And she's like, yeah, but you don't need to tell him the specifics of your past relationships. I am sorry, but if you are, okay, fine. I, in that situation, then if you're unsure, is it okay to be like, do you really want me to tell you this? Even though right. then that kind of gives it away. But like, it's a little bit of a trap though. Like that's, kind of, I don't know if, if you ask, I mean, all right. No, but fine. I think then there's the there's the like rule of thumb, if you will, is honesty is the best policy when it actually moves the needle forward. If it's yes. going to derail things yeah. in a harmful way and not in a deceitful way, not right. where it serves you not to tell them, it actually serves them not to tell not them. Not to tell them. Right. It's not going to benefit your relationship for you to have known what hole she got poked in. Exactly. It only helps you to do the poking. So why even ask? That's the responsibility of the asker. And it's also the responsibility of the answerer. I think if she came back and was like, have you? And then it would put it back on me to decide whether or not I want to have this conversation. Do you know what I mean? That's what we do. And if if I said no, then she would probably maybe say no. If I said yes, then she'd be like, all right, yeah, me too. And then we're both in that conversation. Do you know what I mean? Right. right. And also, you guys, so that's a great a great way to like sort of tiptoe into this. If you're not sure, like I don't want to lie, but I also don't think this is going to be helpful to set talk about obviously within reason, if you're like having an affair, you 
whatever. I mean, you should probably come out with that if you're asked, but these are for littler things, but don't use, I'm I'm just being honest, um, you know, phrase to cover up like something that's going to be mean that comes out of your mouth next. Like that's not nice either. So don't do that. Like that's not, that's like, okay. A more like use case example is my stock messaging I send people when I'm not interested in them. I don't tell them outright why I'm not interested in them because that's going to hurt their feelings. If anything, I will provide them with some constructive feedback or I will skirt all over it. Skirt. I will skirt around it and just say it's not a match. I don't have to tell them why it isn't. And that's the end of that. They're not hurt. They just know we're not a match and that's where I I think you have to have a certain form of social couth, right? You have to know like what it's going to do to hurt somebody's feelings. And if you're just being mean by saying something like she even says like, uh, I should be able, like, you know, somebody in the relationship says like, I should be able to tell you everything, right? It's like, yeah, but, and if you don't, then you're hiding something, you have a secret, but that's not true, you know, unless it's something that's like, that would change the course of the relationship. You know, that yeah, you, don't, you can't just use that to be like nosy to like satisfy an insecurity or be nosy that it's the, it, everyone knows that there are just some things that like we talked about in the top of this one. Some things are just your own thing and it, you don't have to share every single tidbit with everybody. So I think that's like. And again, not in a secretive way, but like you don't need to share every detail. Like I think people that share passwords, it's great because there's transparency, but now we know also you can unsend text and edit them. So really is that even that transparent to share passwords? If you can still find ways to hide things, I think the general thought there is you should be as honest with somebody as you would want them to be with you and not have shadiness when it draws the line of shadiness and that it could potentially hurt your significant other, that's where you have to reconsider things. What's that meme that's out there right now where somebody's applying for a job and they say, what's your, what do you think is your worst quality? And the other person goes, honesty. And the other person goes, I don't think that's a bad, he's like, I think you should shut the fuck up and your head's too big. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's like, oh yes, honesty can be bad. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like that's, that's kind of what the wrap up is. So what's number three? Number three is, bad sex shouldn't always be a deal breaker. This is like, I completely agree with this one. And I honestly, this is an easy one. It's like, dude, if you, it takes, sometimes it takes a hot second to get like sexually compatible with somebody. Okay. So don't just write it off right away. I mean, this doesn't apply to you're dating someone for months on end. And it's just like, it's not happening in the bedroom. Like great. Or they're like super selfish lover or something. And you're just like, uh, that's a red flag. If you're like not attracted to somebody or like they, you don't like the way they smell or you like just something grosses you out. It's giving you the heebie jeebies. Like that is different than this. This just means like it might have been a little awkward the first couple of times or then later on, like things start improving or you got to be, Oh, you got to tell some Tell somebody what you like and what you don't like. You can't just be like, it was bad. Goodbye. So I think this is kind of like an easy one. You just have to like communicate and give it a shot and give it a try and fight, fight past the awkwardness and don't compare it to like that one time you had sex with someone. It was amazing. Like that's not all going to be that way. So she's not saying like, she's saying like bad sex shouldn't be a deal breaker in the sense of like, um, the, the, if the connections there, the actual act of sex shouldn't yeah. be the deal breaker, not like you're having sex and you're just not feeling it. Then that's, then that could be a deal breaker. You're so you're not, not attracted to it. Yeah. You're probably not feeling it in other senses. It's not just there. You know what I mean? No pun right. intended. No yeah. pun intended. Also, since, six, since 64% of women only say they had an orgasm in their last sexual experience compared to 85% of men. That's so, high. No pun yeah, it actually sounds high, not yeah. accurate at all. Um, but that in high. terms of That's good and myth. bad sex, there, I dated a guy and we talked about it on the show, how I was like, how do I communicate that it's not working for me? I was dating this person, you know, for extended period of time, like however long. And I didn't feel comfortable in our dynamic to have a conversation with him about it because of the relationship itself. So we weren't in a place where we could get to good sex because our relationship wasn't good. So you could have hate hate sex or like angry sex. We didn't hate each other. It just wasn't like the right 
dynamic. We just weren't there. And also, I think even when people say like our anatomy is mismatched or whatever, and they say, you know, that causes bad sex, there's so many ways to figure that out that work for both people and like even devices and like a lot of holes, a lot of holes, so many holes to try. A lot of holes, little time. And if you guys are like, wanting any more detailed info on this great podcast is sex with emily she talks about this shit all the time and we highly recommend she's been on our show we need to have her on again because she's freaking awesome but she would talk all about how this is like the biggest myth and the you know so anyway i i agree with this wholeheartedly like just try to get through the awkwardness and if you can't then that's a sign otherwise it's like probably going to be fine right okay so how about this one number four your significant other should be your best friend. Rob, I, I feel like you need to weigh in on that one because Barf. you have these ideas of what this future person that's going to come into your life is going to be. So where do you stand on that? You know, it's funny because I did, I, 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 I kind of started hanging out with an ex again, like not recently, but this is like years ago. And we were both dating other people when we got back together. And then we both broke up with those other people. And, uh, she was like, why would you, and the girl that I was dating at the time was amazing. And she was like, why would you break up with her? You know? And I was like, because I didn't see her becoming my best friend, you know? And I mean that in the sense of like, I want to be able to be myself around the other person. I don't think that that person has to be like your buddy, buddy, drink beer, have whatever we talked about before, but it just like, you want it, you want it to be the first person you call when something happens. You want it to be the last person you think about, you know, if you're missing somebody, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know about like, it's like, what's the different definition of best friend? You know, oh, well, I think that's probably a really important subject matter here because one, many people have many best friends. I mean, and everyone does something different and is different and has a different like thing that they like to do with you and that you go to them for. I mean, we all have those in our lives. So we can actually say that that is a true story. So why would it be any different with a significant other versus like other friends? So with a significant other, I think, yeah, they are one of your best friends because you spend the most time with them. You go to them for things. They go to you for things. You know so much about each other. You have this rapport, you have your routines, you have your dynamic and you feel, you know, comfortable in yourself around them. So of course, but you also feel that way around your other friends, but there are going to be things that like Lauren has come to me to that. She won't go to James to, or like, which is fine, which is fine, right. which is fine. No, but And that's the point. It's like, I don't think any one person can be any, can be everything to you. I think you need different people in your life. That's a big, heavy responsibility to put on any one person. And we are creatures now of a village. We have a podcast yep. village members. We are three people that need to weigh in on any one topic. So why would any singular person be the center of the universe. I I think, I just think that like you, you from, in my perspective, like when I start dating somebody, they just kind of organically become my best friend because I want to spend so much time with them and I want to be with them. I was going to chime in to you guys both hit the nail on the head of two main points I was going to make. Yeah. What? Cause is James your best friend? Well, he's one of my like you said. I'm like, of course, James is like one of my best friends. He makes me laugh harder than anybody else, except for when Jen gets a saying wrong. That's pretty <laughs> much up there. But is- and he does it daily. And I'm, I he, but he's one of my best friends. That's why I said barf in the beginning. Because I'm like, who is? Come on, get over it. Like he's my best friend. Like no, I mean, yes, he's one of them. But I have Jen. Like that's demoting Jen. Then like. Jen, I, I'm just demoting being, Jen. Like she, that's the name of your I, first album. <laughs> <laughs> demoting Jen, Lauren Leonelli. Demoting Jen. Demoting Jen. <laughs> uh, I would have to do that in order to have my own album because I can't do anything yeah. without her. So I'd have to yeah. demote yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> Try to take the shine. So what did um, we hit? What did we hit on the head? What were the two points? And then the time, Rob. You said because I'm spending so much time with them. I think people confuse time with like that's my best friend because I spend so much time with them. Like I saw somebody post on Instagram one like recently. Like it was a picture of them and their kid, and it was like it's my best friend. And I'm like, but is it though? I mean, I love my kids, but like my kid. I mean, he doesn't even really talk to me all the way yet. Like it's because you spend so much time with this kid. You're his mom and you're around him 24 seven. So he's like your 
best friend. I'm throwing up air quotes, but like, really, it's just, you're confusing the amount of time you spend with somebody with your best Mm -hmm. friend. I mean, like then all your, your fucking boss might be your best friend. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, I mean, it's not that was extreme, but you know what I mean? So I think that yes, your significant other should be one of your best friends, but like, it's, just in the village of best friends and well, I get, but, this, but is that like transfer over to like opposites attract you know what i mean like what like, james and I have a lot of massive differences by the way like massive yeah. and sometimes they're annoying and sometimes they cause like conflict and sometimes but is it okay like, that he goes and does his massive difference and that you go do your massive difference yes, and like you don't yeah. have to be that for each other and we talk about it all the time he's like i want to go ham- camping and i'm like i'll be at the beverly hills hotel call me when you're done yeah, not doing that. <laughs> like that's good. And, and like it's like you know, I mean, we, it's fine sometimes, but like sometimes, obviously, it can cause conflict. Like that's not one that would, but you know, it's so it's not always perfect. But yeah, opposites can attract sometimes. I mean, if you're too opposite, it's not going to be great. If you're exactly the same, it's also not going to be great. Well, that leads us into myth number five, almost perfectly. Fighting is always a sign that something is wrong. I mean, doesn't everybody already know that this is like a definite myth? I don't think so. I think people throw in the towel when they fight sometimes. Sometimes people are really bad fighters. So maybe the fights are explosive and they think that like, well, this is toxic. So they're like, well, then there's something wrong. But I think having conversations that bring about differences of opinion or, you know, we had that whole conversation about deep conversations and when to have those. You're not going to always align, but you have to have them. So should it necessarily be a blowout fight? No. But can you have a disagreement and then come back together, calm, cool, and collected and get to the bottom of things? Hopefully. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, it's, I think it's more about the, how often you're fighting and not right. about the fights, right? So it's like, are you like getting into a fight, thinking you resolved it, leaving the room, coming back, and then something else is happening, you're getting into a fight again? Like, it, like if something's... If, if the relationship is really falling apart, I think you're going to start finding stuff to argue about and like stuff to, to pull you up, to, apart, you know? So I don't think it's like fighting is a sign of that something is wrong. I think the, uh, how, me- how much you're fighting is and a sign. Yeah. How much wrong. you're fighting. Cause that would be indicative. The frequency, the frequency. Not being able to align on anything, how you fight your fighting style. Huge. Like I can say, Hey, you know, why are you being such a dick? You're always an asshole like that. And I'm really fucking annoyed. Or I could say the same exact thing, but much differently. Like, you know, I've been frustrated lately because I feel like you have a, like a lot of tension when it comes to like communicating with me. And I just, it's making me feel very, sometimes you want to hurt the other person, right? Sometimes with your words, you want to hurt them because they hurt you somehow. That's the problem. Your intention to hurt, and win versus fix how you fight. And I think when you're in a relationship and you're not fighting at all, the people are like, we never fight. It's like, well, are you even talking about the important things? And are you just living like next to somebody instead of with them? Like mm-hmm. if you're living a parallel life next to somebody, that's not, you're not going deep. Like things are definitely getting swept under the rug or you're like ruminating. And you're not being yourself because you're, you're going to have Or you're both just two really good communicators and you just got or lucky. That. Or I don't know. I just feel like it, it, obviously that's possible. It's just very, very rare. So I think, you know, fighting is okay as long as it's But I don't know if it's rare in the sense that like people just don't go through things that make them come on the other side. Like I feel like the next relationship I get into, I'm going to be a way better communicator no matter what happens than the last two that I had. You know, I have one of my best friends is married now and she found her perfect guy and they've been together for a long time. But like they, she's like, Rob, I never fight. And she's a normal person. She's like, we never fight. But her relationship before this guy was so toxic and so bad that like, you know, maybe anything compared to that is probably going to, she's going to be able to handle, you know, she's going to be able to talk her way about it and figure it out on a calm matter because this person's not throwing glasses across the fucking you know, room and doing drugs and getting riding off on the motorcycle. Do you know what I mean? So like anything compared to that is going to be very, they're going to be able to handle it better. Whereas if she maybe didn't have that past relationship and got into it, this with this guy, she wouldn't have that ability to differentiate the ways of communication. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Thank God that guy, maybe, I mean, God, maybe that guy was like a toxic cheater, which brings us to the next one. Once a cheater, myth number six, once, once a cheater, always a cheater. This is a hard one. This is a real hard one. I okay, mean, then let's go around the group. Razor, well, I guess say out loud because people can't see us except us. <laughs> if, voice if you've ever cheated. I have. I have not. I have not. Oh. Well, I'm not always a cheater. Right. I have only done it. <laughs> well, then it was circumstantial and I felt very bad about it. And mm, you it still did right, it. Wasn't you the still right did it. You cheated. You cheated. Hold on. What do you mean by cheating? You cheated on a boyfriend or you were cheating with somebody who was in a relationship? Oh. I was yeah did you were you in a relationship Jen and you went and made out or hooked up or hold with other people (laughs) yes but when I was 21 that was cheating I was 21 it wasn't the right thing to do I should have ended the relationship I felt a little conflicted okay wait 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 I'm gonna let you I want you to get back to this story and I'm sorry for interrupting but I can we just put like a grounds like a, a like a cover on this cheating thing that after 26 because if we were all judged by uh, what we did yeah. by the time we were oh, 25 yeah. years old, then like it, we'd all be fucked for yeah. everything. But you I know, still, so my answer is still no. I still, my answer is still no also, but like, but thank you but, for giving me the out then. <laughs> well, I'm just giving everybody the out there because cool. I, I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day about college and I was like, fucking co- you're che- he cheated on you in college. Of course he did. Why were you in a relationship in college? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't That's even been point. doing that. So. Like, so let's just say under 25, even though that's a big deal here, but under 25, have you cheated over the age of 25? No. No. Okay. So none of us have, have done that because have, okay. Have Rob and Jen, have you been cheated on? Yeah. Yes. And, and I have to follow up question, Rob and Jen, did you get back together with the person who cheated on you? No. So I didn't know I was (laughs) She goes, so. Oh, Jen, once you found out or whenever, have you ever been cheated on, knew Found out. And then got back together with the person. I got it. And no, I didn't, because I didn't know that he cheated on me until Rob and Bo told me. Oh, Jesus. That's very specific. Oh, that guy. Um, You can delete that. Would you have gotten back together with him? Uh, Answer honestly. Honestly, no, because we had already been together, broken up, got back together, and then broke up again. And that was the relationship where we were fighting constantly. And it was really such a volatile, toxic environment to be in. And it was so not who I was. And I was being gaslit constantly and feeling like, what is coming out of me? This isn't even my personality Like to fight. I hide in fear of confrontation. So... You know, had I had the tools then that I have now, I would have never even stayed in that past a month. And I definitely wouldn't have gotten back together with him ever. But Okay. Is cheating or once a cheater, always a cheater? I think no. You have to give grace to somebody if the reason they cheated, you know, was But that's not up to you. I'm talking I'm not talking about you re- you forgiving a cheater. I'm saying if if well, once Jen, a cheater, you, always you a cheater. You can answer for yourself like you would probably never cheat again you did it was a different person but you wouldn't you cheated one time okay well you were 21 we're taking that out of the, the, the running sorry i i forgot that we we were age we're being ageist with this let's one. say somebody's in a married in a, in a committed relationship they're married or they're engaged or whatever it is and they cheat look if you declare love to somebody in any form whatsoever and then have a relationship with that person you declared love to. They give it back to you, and then you go off and do and do sex or whatever. My sister, by the way, called you guys out my last episode. She's like, "Do you know they don't? That's not how you say it. You don't say do sex or doing sex." I was yes, like, yeah, you I think, do. I think they're I think they're aware of that. Doing anyway, it on purpose. I know they're doing it on purpose, Courtney. So, um, but if you go and do that, anything at, with while the knowledge of somebody else loves you and you're telling them you love them. That's got to be a, a special place in your brain that you have to be able to turn off. And if you can turn that off, what means are you not going to turn it off over and over and over again? Does yeah. that make sense? I've been cheated yeah, on. It's the deceit. 
Yeah, I've been cheated on and got back together with that person. And okay, well, that's, that's a you thing. That sounds like a you problem. Why don't we let her finish? I'm just saying that I had to be like, is that person going to be a cheater again? Like I had to be, I had to like play with this myth. Like, am I, do I forgive them? Is this like, is it just this one time thing? And it was really hard. What wound up happening? We, what ended up happening? Yeah. Yeah. We're clearly not together anymore, but it was. No, but I mean, did he, did he cheat again? Did you, were you not able to trust him again? Yeah, no, I, I, think he probably did cheat again but i don't really know and no i definitely could not trust him again also much younger but still i don't know i just feel like it's very hard to get over and clearly if someone cheats on you and i think that everyone is always like i would leave that person in two seconds if they cheated on me but you don't know until you're in the situation and i do think that this rule is clearly a myth or this myth is a myth for a reason like you can slip up and have a mistake there are some times like even what jen was explaining even though she was 21 like there was background that goes in with her choice so to cheat so like it's not always that black and white but like i don't know i don't know well, i don't know how i, I, I feel that it's hard it's very Ms. hard seven to over, talks about this it's to get past which, which does, what does jen myth, myth, myth seven seven yeah. So to get past cheating, you just forgive and forget or just dump the cheater. So like we're saying, it's not that black and white. There is gray, my least favorite color, because I love black and white. But oh I God, see gray is like one of my favorite colors. I know. And you always would give me gray hand-me-downs. I have like a pile of them still. That, but, you, guys, that makes so much sense for both your personalities. It does, doesn't it? Well, obviously. Jen is much more extreme than me. It's to, and I, But I like black and white too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not extreme. I'm definitive. I you need to go blue gray. Don't you feel like, don't you feel like we're giving like the cheaters an out with the, it's not black and white type thing. Like, I don't know. Like if you're, if you're a drug addict, if you're a drug addict and you keep doing drugs or you, you, you know, you're having a problem, then you go to AA and then you stay away from the drugs. You stay away from the alcohol. No, here's the difference. Here's the difference. If you call somebody a cheater, that means that's in their character and it's like a repetition. It's a pattern. If somebody cheats, that might be a one-off experience. So I think mm. that's the difference. Like I yeah. cheated. And Wait, whatever. so if you murder one person, you're just, that's just a one-off experience. You have to murder multiple wow. people to be called no, a murderer. Because what if the murder is, killer. what about if the murder is self-defense? Right. So somebody fell into this cheater's mouth and on their dick. Okay. That's how they the cheated. All ended up together. But no. I think that we have to take a step back. So I'm going to put myself in this position, even though I was the ripe old age of 21 and we gave me a pass. I appreciate that. But I cheated one time for be- whatever reason I did it. But I am not a cheater because I don't repeat that pattern. I don't need whatever it was that I needed in that dynamic at all anymore. And I have not found that since. So I don't think that's something in my nature. It's not, Mm. I can turn it off. I can, you know, put on a different face. I can have two lives. I'm not a sociopath or a narcissist, but if somebody can do that, and to your point, Rob, like how do you just disconnect and turn on the, I love you's, but then go fuck somebody else with a conscious, like you can't have like a conscience and do that kind of thing without, you remorse and then you okay. and on the other side on the other Point, side like what we're the- talking about with myth number seven is like how do now if i asked you if you cheated on somebody and we're in a relationship and you say yeah you have then i know that you're capable of doing that right so like then in my mind i'm going yes what's what's going to make you not capable of doing that again act, on me the act of cheating w- whether or not there's like a little bit more of i i don't think there's ever an excuse but sometimes when the story is told it's like okay i could see why someone might have been pushed to do that i'm not saying it still makes it right i right. just could see that is this whole other nothing's thing. absolute now, nothing's absolute talking, now we're talking about if they're going to do it again and rob that's the whole point of myth number six right that's what i'm saying are they going to do it again and rob you're right like it it is hard because it's like you can't trust that person you and you had no you know you had no idea before so now it just feels like at any given moment the rug's gonna get pulled out right from under you again like it's just could be kind of a crazy mind fuck so 
again, nothing's absolute. It depends on the situation, but I think that's a hard one. I think you can definitely slip up and cheat and never do it again. But I think when you're being cheated on, it is very hard to wrap your brain around that. It just is. And maybe you could eventually get to that. But I think you get to myth number seven, which is like to get past cheating, you just forgive and forget, or you just dump the cheater. Yeah. Like you need to then get to a point where you're going to make one decision. You need to say, listen, I can't, this isn't for me. I can't trust you. I got to go. Or you know what? I want to be with you. So I've got to let this go and move on. But you can't like philander anywhere in between. Like you, that's what I think. I think you just need to like pick one. I don't, I don't subscribe to myth number seven. I think you have no. to pick I think I think I think Miss Miss Esther is wrong here. I I do. You I know. Really I think, do think you have to pick one. I think this. You know, there's, there's these things with um these life coaches and 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 um uh people that write stuff like this that kind of bothers me is that like they use their own experience and then that's the law. You know, that's the lay of the land or like their opinions, like the the tablet. You know, and the commandments are on there. But she's but like she's saying that it's okay. And that, that is the affair does not sum up the whole of the relationship. And yeah, of course, if you have kids and there's other things involved and you have like, you know, a house you just bought or something, then maybe you try to figure it out, but that relationship's never going to be the same. It's never going to be what it was, no matter how much you try to push it under the rug and your trust is broken. That's where number seven comes down to is like, can you live on the edge of trust? For the rest of your relationship. Well, also, you know, like, well, but you I think that's to. her point. But She's saying you don't have to forgive and forget. Like the actual element is the trust part, and it's on one person's like responsibility to make it up to the you other person that. and rebuild that trust. But it's like she's saying it's not so cut and dry. It's not forgive and forget or leave. There is. Mm the work that possibly needs to get done for you to even figure out where you stand on the matter. Because if it's not a repeat cheater and it's a one-off and Rob, to your point, somebody might have a full life with somebody and there's a lot more stuff to think about and more people. And maybe this person had a bad time in their life and fell off the wagon and did whatever they did. But you also had all these years of good. Do you throw that away? So there's that question of that. I think if I'm putting myself in the position of it, I don't think I could get past it because of the trust. And it would constantly be top of mind all the time. I would always be looking over my shoulder. I would never feel comfortable. It would be really challenging. Granted, I've not been in this situation. I've not been married for years. I don't have a family with somebody and a life that we've built where splitting up because they cheated and failed one time is you know, the sum of all parts. And that would be super concrete and black and white. I think maybe I'd have to see the gray for a change. Yeah. Yeah. It would be hard as fuck. I think that like, I'm, I, I, you have to do what you just talked like what, what she's saying, you have to do that to get to a point. So you, that that makes any sense. You have to either get past the cheating or, and forgive and forget, or just dump the cheater. Like you need to get to one of those points in order to make a choice. And if you decide to stay with the person, then aren't you just forgiving and forgetting and you've done the work to get there. Well, I think it's yeah. more the, the, the initial reaction is what she's oh, saying. Like, like, you, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah like, it's, like if somebody keeps rash decisions, yeah. You, right. I think you need to sit with it and figure it out, but you're going to go one way or the other. Right. That's why this myth is a little weird for me because I'm like, you try to work it out. And if you can't get past it, then you dump the cheater. And if you can forgive and forget, then you forgive and forget. Like, isn't that, it's just one or the other, but yeah, there are, you guys just completely switched. (laughs) Jen's going gray. Lauren's going black. I know. Right. I went, I went black and white on that one. Only thing I think it's because I've had that exact experience before. So I just like, was like, this is, any cut and dry answer for me, but so what do we think about these myths in wrapping this up? Like, do we, do we agree with that? They're all myths. Do we agree that like certain, or do we think that certain points of these seven that we went through are like real facts that should be real in a relationship? I think that there's a lot of cliches that people throw around about relationships. And I think that 
It's about understanding that none of those myths that are one of, sorry, cliche or sayings or whatever you hear all the time over and over again, like including the title of our show, are you in a relationship? It's complicated. Like you hear shit like that all the time, just these catchphrases. I think the point is to know that they, they are myths because there's so much in between. Well, let's let's find out if they're myths. Let's find out. I'm going to ask you both, and you just say yes or no, okay? okay? Myth number one was people in relationships don't flirt. Is that a myth, yes or no? Myth, yes. Myth. Got it. So that was right. Honesty is the best policy. Is that a myth? Myth. Yes. Myth. Okay. Got it. Uh, number three, bad sex shouldn't always be a deal breaker. Myth? Myth. 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 Okay. All right. So we agree with that. Uh, number four, your significant other should be your best friend. Myth. Myth. I don't know if that's a myth. I think it's just circumstantial. Mm, like, I, I, like, you, like, you think that a significant other should be your best friend. So you, well, don't I think they could be one, one of your best friends. And I think that's what we yeah. all said. Yeah. Right? right. So it's kind of like, I don't know if that's a myth or whatever. We'll put that in, yeah. in the maybe category. <laughs> okay. Fighting is always a sign that something is wrong. Myth. 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 Okay. Uh, once a cheater, always a cheater. Myth. Myth. Uh, Lauren gave it a myth. Yeah, because myth. it's hard to get over, but I do agree that it's possible to only cheat. Well, that's number seven. We're not there yet. I know. Yeah. And that's what I'm and saying. And I number think seven. I would say myth, myth number six is not a myth. Um, yeah, but myth, I at least, at least 90%, at least 90% of the time. And myth number seven for me is not a myth. Myth number seven, to get past cheating, you must forgive and forget or just dump the cheater. I, there's no other, what's the other fucking choice? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to not forget. The other choice she's saying is you don't have to forget. You can forgive, but you don't have to forget. Well, then you're, then you I should think just the whole dump point, the fucking cheater. I think the whole point of the myth is that the statement itself without digging into it is the myth. Yes. Because right. there's more to it. That's what I'm There's saying. There's more to everything. That is why, guys, it is complicated. That's why it's complicated. complicated. And if you like all of our complicated topics and you feel even more complicated after listening to this, which <laughs> you might, then just keep tuning in to It's Complicated because we have a ton more episodes where we talk all of the dating and relationshipy stuff all the time. We're going to have another one next week where it's going to be just as fun and confusing and black <laughs> and white and gray. And while you're there listening to our show, please subscribe, rate, comment, tell a friend, do, do you do you, and then spread the love. That's what we want. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at complicated show. You can also follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social means. You can follow me at forever's evers F O R E V E R S E V O R S on Instagram. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. Guys, we'll see you next week and thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. <laughs> <laughs>